0: Welcome to the FM podcast, Ask Salt Spring Answered. After many Ask Salt Spring events, we sit down in our studio with Gail Baker's guests and review some of the key points discussed. Hi and welcome to episode 16, in which our Damian Inwood talks once again with Adam Olson about several subjects, including BC Ferries, Ganges revitalization, and potential speed limit changes in the Ganges village.
1: Okay, I'm sitting here with Adam Olson. He's the Green Party MLA for Saanich North and the Islands, and we've just been at Ask Salt Spring, Mm -hmm. and uh, we covered a number of topics, and one of them which came up, of course, was the uh, ferry situation here. I don't know why. In the the light of what happened at the weekend where um, at Vesuvius all services were canceled at one point and then reinstated at 3 o'clock in the afternoon causing widespread panic, apparently, uh, for the uh, show-and-shine people who hmm. brought their cars over from uh, from Duncan and various other places on the island and thought they weren't going to be able to get back and uh, had people running around all over the place to different ferry terminals to try and sort that out. Yeah, And uh, one thing you did say in the meeting was that you felt that uh, communications were imperative and that... Um, we should see a, a, an improvement. Uh, perhaps you can talk a bit more about that.
0: Well, I mean, I, I think the the problems at BC Ferries have been well documented. It, it's a systemic issue, and, and I think there are, and, and, you know, in meeting and having a conversation with the CEO and, and having con- the new CEO, Nicholas Jimenez, and, and having conversations with, with other people, uh, you know, around the ferry system, the, the remedies are going to be both, you know, they're going to be short, medium, and long term. When it comes to staffing and making sure that the mechanics uh, on these machines are working well one of the things in the short-term aspect of this is ramping up communications with the public and with their customers and i think that this is absolutely necessary it's it's you know we're going to have staffing shortages causing disruptions of this of the system that that's going to happen we're going to have mechanical failures that are going to disrupt the system but it's how that's communicated to the public. It's how the BC Ferry uh, Service is connecting with the public and connecting the public with the information that they need to have that I think is a short-term solution that is right in, right in front of ferries that they, that they need to get a hold of. They need to communicate more directly. They need to communicate in a way that, that people are, are receiving the information. They need to have an app that is able to be able to um, send direct messages to people. I mean, all of these technologies exist they're just not being utilized to the extent that I think BC Ferry should be, and I and you know I I think the the key thing here is is that they're they're going to be communicating information that people don't necessarily want to hear, but as long as they can get it and are able to plan for it, then that's going to ease some of the the frustration that I think we're hearing from customers.
1: Yeah, I think it would be interesting to see if they would go for a disruptions app. I'm sure they wouldn't want to call it that but um, because I know they do have an app and it's fairly cumbersome and it's not really uh, very useful to people who haven't made bookings which of course we don't make bookings getting to and from Saltsbury apart from uh, on the Long Harbour Ferry. So you can't really identify passengers like you can on a booking system. So I'm not quite sure how they do it.
0: Well, I mean, I think I think that if you're going to be a user of the BC Ferry system, you download an app, and that app has full capacity to be able to send you push notifications that you know the the ferry system is is delayed, and you can have a chance to turn those on or turn them off. But you know, I think there are communication tools and and techniques that are available that corporations are de- are deploying so that they can communicate with their customers whether it be a sale is happening or a sale is over or a sale is about to be over right the reality of it is is that there are tools that could be utilized that are not being utilized and, and i think that that um one of the short-term uh, areas that bc ferries needs to invest in and invest in quickly is communications. Yeah. If you are going to have, and if and, and seemingly the the corporation has said the disruptions are going to continue for some time until we can solve the medium and long term systemic issues. If that's the case, then really invest heavily in the communications aspects of your organization. Find a you know create a a, a face of the organization that resonates with the public that you're communicating with. Have them deliver that message find ways to communicate with people through social media not just twitter you know most of the people aren't on twitter that's where the media is where are the people they're on instagram they're on TikTok. they're on facebook they're on these social media apps and there there are ways for the organization the the company to to use those tools very effectively and 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 communicating in a language that i think shows empathy and compassion for the people whose lives are being disrupted Uh, and, and, And communicating almost more than you feel like you need to in order so that people feel that you're very attentive to the fact that the breakdown or the lack of staffing is actually causing a disruption. When you think about the people who came over to Salt Spring Island with their shiny old vehicles who might not have a place to stay here. And there's limited accommodations on this island. And so you can't get off the island. And you also don't have a place to stay on the island, even if you could, even if you chose to. So there is a panic that sets in. It's where am I going to be tonight? Right. I never considered that I was going to be anywhere but in my own bed, right? So that, then then the response, and then, it's, then it becomes a big problem. And then we, you know, that's what we hear on the media.
1: And what did Nicholas Jimenez say to, to you when you met with him about this? Did you discuss the communications issue. Well,
0: I mean, I, I think that yes, we did we did uh, have this discussion, and I and I think that um, well, I'll just say this: I think the points landed.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, another thing that we talked about um, was um, the Chamber of Commerce brought up the question of vibrancy and beautification of the downtown core, and um, the discussion kind of revolved around who who was going to take responsibility for this, and <clears throat> you you. Uh, told us a story about uh, Brentwood Bay, which uh, your hometown, I guess um, yeah, and uh, how they achieved uh, you know considerable uh, beautification uh, and improvements in in their downtown area. Perhaps you could just tell us a bit about that and how you think it might work on Spring.
0: well you know when you take a look at the 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 beautification that happened in in uh, Brentwood Bay. I think it was maybe about 10 or 12 years ago now. Actually, maybe a little bit longer than that. But uh, it really started with the community coming together and creating a revitalization committee that uh, that created a vision for what they would like to see for that corridor on West Saanich Road in, in Brentwood Bay. Uh, and then, you know, that generated momentum. It was a generative process that created some momentum, some inertia behind it. And then the local government... Uh, And and then they brought it to the local government and the local government um, then took it and and moved it forward. And so, you know, I think that uh, part of the challenge, of course, on Salt Spring is that you've got fragmented governance here where there's a number of governing bodies that are represented by, you know, one municipal government in central Saanich, as an example. But there's no reason why... um, the, the the idea of creating that an inertia around what would we like to see or what the community in Salt Spring would like to see in Ganges and then bringing those governing those decision-making bodies around the table and there's a bunch of them you know there's the Islands Trust the CRD the school district the water district the fire district the chamber of commerce right there's a, a variety of different uh, um Yeah, interests that can be brought around the table and that those ideas that, you know, have that vision can then be introduced and um, those bodies can pick it up and and, and start to carry that and, and implement it. I think it is in the same time what needs to happen is some of those smaller projects that can be done. And we already see that happening around. I think one of the murals projects was an example that was, you know, described uh, the ambassador program is another program that was described. There are things that can be done on an ongoing basis to um, I- improve the Ganges, uh, I- you know, receptivity of of visitors and and people during the summer month, as an example, which was the context that the question was asking.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because um, it, it appears that the idea of uh, of a of, of task force was brought to the island's trust and it got kind of bogged down in you know for for various bureaucratic reasons and so it didn't really go anywhere um then we had the other gentleman who um, raised the question of why don't we just go up one story and we'll have more people and more money in the downtown area but that's a whole different conversation than than building a bus shelter that looks nice or uh you know making the place more um sort of receptive to to visitors Uh, it seems like we we always seem to take the difficult route somehow uh, rather than perhaps looking for the simplest.
0: Well, I I mean, I think the um the key here is is to take a look at uh the fact that you've got there are so many different decision-making bodies that have to be in alignment here. That if any one of them was, you know, in charge of this process. For example, there's going to be a, a point at which they arrive at where their jurisdiction ends and another body's jurisdiction begins, and in a municipal environment, as an example, many more of those. There's fewer of those. Those those spaces. That doesn't make it impossible, or it makes it more challenging here on Salt Spring, but not not impossible. The reality is is that if if there is a Uh, a revitalization committee is an example that is made up of public members, members from the public and, and some of these bodies, they can create that vision. And what it does is it, is it then gets put in front of the governing bodies or the, the people who are making those decisions and um, they then become part of the process together. Right. And, and so I think uh, it's not a situation where you've got One of those bodies leading it from the beginning and then arriving at a spot where then they don't have the authority and they say, well, we can't move any further forward because, you know, that group over there is responsible for this. And and..." so I I really think that it's that that um, I mean, I'll I'll just leave it at this. I, I think I've seen this be a successful process and I know that this has been a conversation that is. You know, it's not brand new. There's been some conversation that's already happened on Salt Spring. And I, so I think that there's a lot of work that's already been done. And now it's just a matter of, of bringing those voices around the table and, and um, getting that vision laid out and having, the, having a broader conversation to make sure it's informed by the public. Uh, and then, you know, bringing the different uh, decision-making bodies around this together to, um, and to, to start to implement it.
1: Yeah. Um, and would the provincial government, um, would your office be involved in that
0: process? Well, I think I'm I'm always interested in participating in processes. I think it's important to have the different governing uh, gov- levels of government uh, at the table because, you know, as we arrive at those different areas, it's like, where does the provincial government get involved uh, in this project. Where are the funding opportunities for that? It's always important to have our office involved throughout the process. We can, uh, you know, provide advice about how the provincial government may or may not be engaged. Um, and as well, you know, like we're, we're connected in uh, to other communities around as well that uh, are, and can be useful resources uh, in the discussion. So I'm always uh, happy to be engaged at, at whatever levels it, is appropriate in this case i think that it is an exercise that that is done at at the local government level but there's a lot of funding that comes through the provincial and federal governments that um would make it you know i think um really smart for us to be there and and we'll be there
1: okay Uh, last time you were here a month ago you had rob fleming with you the minister of transportation and infrastructure and um I said uh, I wasn't going to talk about transportation, but I will just touch on it because I know that uh, Maynard Lee was there today and she was interested in, in the subject, the question of the 30 kilometer an hour speed limit. Um, there was something in the Driftwood, I think, uh, where they were talking about that and, and they mentioned that Ask Salt Spring was coming up. Can you tell us, have you talked to the minister lately about uh, when he was here, he seemed to indicate that it would, would be fairly simple to change the speed limit in the, in the village area. To 30k uh, have you heard any more about
0: that well I think it's important that politicians don't determine what the speed limits are that there's uh, uh, engineering that uh, that determines that there's uh, some of that work has been done in the cycling safety study the cycling safety study that was uh, recently released said uh, more of the technical work needs to be done to ensure that we know uh, what the appropriate speed limits are uh, certainly I think it's it's a simpler Scenario for Ganges, for an example, when you take a look at other, you know, towns or, or village sites, they, you know, 30 kilometers an hour is a uh, 30 kilometers all the way through Sydney is as one example of this. Right. So um, the other roads servicing uh, Ganges, a bit different of a scenario. So, you know, I've never been it's never been my experience that politicians. uh are the ones that make the decisions about what speed limits there are? I mean, I think in the end, uh, it's a conversation that needs to continue with the the ministry. The ministry staff were there. Uh, South Island was there. They're very well aware that this has been a, a, a conversation that's been that's been happening, and I think it's been moving. actually. it's not that it's that it's stalled. I think that that it has um, we've got more information today now that that report was done. Uh, than we had, and and there are still some questions that need to be answered, and so we'll continue to advocate with the ministry. We'll continue to advocate with the regional office. Uh, we'll continue to work with uh, the CRD and with others to to you know to deal with uh, what is uh, uh, ongoing traffic and transportation related issues, and um, in the end, I, you know I don't think that it's Minister Fleming or it's the MLA or it's an, any elected official that. That makes the decision in the end. It's it's a decision that's made based on the data that they have, um, the the roads that we have, the engineering of, of those roads.
1: So it could be a while, then. and of course, in the meantime, they're concentrating on getting the Ganges Hill project uh, started. I guess the, I think from what they said, it was, should start in the fall and take about a year to complete. So maybe thirty clicks after that. Think so.
0: What? I, I mean I, I think that I think ultimately um, the, the point was made very clearly to directly to the minister and directly to the minister's staff that the desire in, in on salt Spring is to have uh, the the, uh, the traffic the speeds of traffic be looked at and be, be addressed and be dealt with we know that they're dealing with uh, they've, they've made a commitment to deal with paint and and road marking and road signage um, and the the um, there's been some advice that was made. In the report about, uh, about traffic speeds and, and work that needs to be done in order to make sure that the, the, the number, not just in Ganges, but across the island is, is the right speed for, for the roads that we have. So I think that I wouldn't suggest that they're necessarily, um, uh, I think they're more parallel than stacked as, as maybe you described them. Okay,
1: great. Well, thanks, Adam, for coming in. It was nice to talk to you. And you've been listening to Cheer FM, the voice of the Gulf Islands uh uh-huh.